Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Rebel. Vicious. Brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Hello everybody, welcome to New York Talk. This is the Royal United Podcast. Thank you all for being with us and joining us on this evening where we pre- stop talking about Royal United, mostly. Um, and we look at the World Cup that starts in three days' time, four days' time. Should have, should have counted before I, before we started, to be honest with you. I didn't. Um, we will, first of all, we'll wrap up any, any Rotherham news and a couple of, maybe a couple of small, tiny bits to pick up on. Then we're going to do our World Cup predictions so we can laugh at them in about four weeks' time when they are horrifically bad. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Mick is with us as the World Cup fever hit the Mick household. Oh, mate, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> I can feel the enthusiasm coming through. Um, Danny, are you a bit more excited? Um, yeah, a little bit more excited. I've seen a few videos online that have <clears throat> got me a little bit more excited. Um, if you want to go and have a look, one room's by Bondibot, and it's um, animations of all the old World Cup stadiums, like all the all the final stadiums from 1930 mm. up until 2018. So that got me going a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's like little animations of things from the match. So you can see um, Jeff Hurst's goal that wasn't over the line um, from just a completely different angle that you've never seen before. And it's, yeah, that's got me a bit into it. Um, but with it being winter, I just don't feel right being cold and in your big coat and there's a World yeah. Cup happening. You know, we should be in shorts and England shirts, not big coats over England shirts. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. We'll probably talk about that a little bit as well. The We've got to cover the bad side of the World Cup. We will, we're not going to try and bring everybody down on a Thursday evening or Friday morning when you're listening. But we've got to talk about it a bit, unfortunately. Um, let's cover some brief, bit, very brief bit of other news. Well, the only thing I want to mention is really the ticket news that's been released today. I'm going to doff our caps to West Brom for the ticket prices just before Christmas. It quite often gets this time of year where football clubs just assume that everything is the same. You know, don't, 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 don't care. It's Christmas. We're still going to charge you thirty quid. West Brom have, have got some really, really good ticket prices. Thanks, five pound for concessions, ten pounds for adults. 
which a week before Christmas is sensational, to be honest with you, Mick. We just we love ticket prices like that. They're very rare as well. They are, and that's absolutely top draw from West Brom. Top, top draw that. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to go because I think I'm in Wales, but um, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but but yeah, I mean it is absolutely brilliant from from them. Uh, and hats off to them and a merry Christmas. <laughs> Hopefully, it will be taking three points off them. Though. Fingers crossed. We're a bit of luck. We'll be, we'll yeah. be playing at a bad time with their new manager taking over, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I can I recite the West Brom ticket prices? I'm going for five pounds. No, like I'm going to West Brom for a total price of twenty two pounds, and that's it. <laughs> Like that's absolutely mind-boggling to me. It's how it should be. Um, yes. But for West Brom to just go, yeah, if you want to charge under twenty-six season ticket holders a fiver, it's like yes, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we should say that is for season ticket holders. If you're not a season ticket holder, prices are basically what, basically what you'd expect. They're not overpriced, to be honest with you. Even at, even at normal price, they're not overpriced. <clears throat> um, Isn't so it something like fifteen or so? For, 24, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Same structure, I think. It's above 26 for adults and under 26, you're a young adult. Um, so if you're not a season ticket holder, unlucky, it's an extra tenner. Uh, still very, very good, though. Yeah, it is. It is. And we should, like I say, we, we, we should applaud clubs when they uh, when they do that kind of thing. Um, there's semi update if you read Paul Davis' article. He said that Connor Washington is unlikely to need surgery on his knee, which means. It's great news. Mm. He should be with the squad that go to Cyprus in a couple of days' time. I don't, I don't know exactly when, but it's certainly next week. Um, so he needs that. The players did that. And that's that's great news, isn't it, Danny? That uh, that Wash should should be fit and available for everything, really. Yeah, it is definitely. I think if he did needed surgery, he would have been out for a considerable amount of time, maybe even until the new year. Um, so yeah, that's great for Wash. Um, I think it's a recurring thing since he were mm. more or less my age. Um, so yeah, it's it's good that he doesn't need surgery and it's and it's treatable. Um, might be something to explore again in pre-season or post-season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just glad he's back involved with the squads really because he'll be a real asset up top. Mm. Yeah, well, because uh, there's a couple of little bits and bobs from Paul Davis, but nothing earth-shattering or or anything else. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. as as and when the Rotherham news pops up over the next few weeks. We will. Rotherham takes priority. If there is any Rotherham news, we will talk about it before the World Cup. Oh, do you want um, to talk about our new goalkeeping coach? Yeah, if I'd written down his name. <laughs> it's Scott Brown, isn't it? Scott Brown, not the Celtic Scott Brown. Yeah, not that one, the other one. Not not the Fleetwood manager, Scott Brown. <laughs> um, former Port Vale and obviously Exeter, because that's where Matt Taylor gets all his staff from. Um, joined on, I think, Monday or something like that. Um, completed the staff, Mick. Billy Mercer's done his job. He's, he's yeah. in, to be fair, he's, he's stuck, stuck his hand up at what was a really tough time for the club. So he deserves loads of credit uh, for, for stepping in. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, again, <laughs> something else I'm, I'm describing as top draw. But uh, yeah, it's, it's great from, from Billy Mercer that. And uh, it just shows that, you know, for, for a lot of people, once you've been around this club, it sticks with you, doesn't it? And um, yeah, it's, it, it we're, we can only be grateful for uh, for what he's done for us in the uh, in the short time that he's been here, and under the circumstances, uh, there's been no drop off whatsoever in um, in Victor's form. Um, in fact, if, if anything, it's got better. So, um, 
you know, it, and hopefully Scott Brown, when he comes in, will um, he'll, he'll, he'll continue the good work. Um, I guess he's got some proper tools to work with there. Yeah, he has, absolutely. Um, right, should we move on? Any other other topics we need to cover before we move on? Just like covered them. anything interesting. <laughs> Come on, um, let's go. On what, what about um, sort of ties into what we we're just about to talk about? Bristol City being moved to an earlier oh. kickoff to accommodate the World Cup, which, as you'll find out from my England draw, probably won't include England. <laughs> yeah. So, the, so the, we were obviously Bristol, Bristol City on the tenth, which we're obviously meant to three three, three kickoff as, as all games are. Um, they have moved that forward to twelve thirty to allow Bristol City to be fans to get home in time to watch England. Now, this relies England to win their group and win their last 16 tie for this to then be a Saturday 7pm kickoff. So this could all be irrelevant. If English don't, England don't finish top of the group, then the movement of the game is for literally nothing. Um, because if we finish second and we won our last 16, I think it would be Friday. It certainly wouldn't be Saturday. It, it, would, be Saturday, it would be Friday at some point. So big old, potentially big old waste of time, Danny. But we'll be positive and hope that England do make it through to that focus. If we get if we win that game, that means we've done everything we possibly can. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there might be a couple of surprises for England on the way. Um, if we get to the quarterfinal, I'm sort of semi-happy, I think. Um, but as with every World, World Cup involving England, I'm with your house, to be fair. I immediately go, well, we're going to go out in group stage, aren't we? So if everything after that, I'm actually surprised at. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see the positivity. Um, right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the, the... Before we talk about the World Cup as if it's a normal World Cup, let's cover the issues with it. Now, we're going to talk about it briefly. What I will say is we're not the sort of encyclopedia for these issues. There's been plenty of journalists that have done some sensational work in ripping apart FIFA for the, for the bidding process. If you've not watched FIFA Uncovered on Netflix, I highly recommend you go and watch that about how the bidding process worked and how corrupt FIFA was and potentially still is, but obviously we can't make that claim um, about how the bidding process worked and the the horrible people that were in the FIFA Executive Committee that decided on the World Cup. Um, all I can say is go and watch FIFA Uncovered because it covers it in a lot of detail, a lot, a lot of detail, and I, I do recommend that. Obviously, Dad, Mick, wherever you want to go. Um We've got to cover again. Well, exactly. Uh, we've got to cover, we will only cover this briefly because, again, I don't want to bring everybody down on a Thursday evening, but we've got to briefly cover the issues with the country that's going to host it, Nick. I'm sure the Qatari people are lovely. Never been, but I'm sure that sure they are people. Much like every other country, I'm sure they're most, mostly lovely people. But there's some ish, major issues, issues are massively underselling it. Um, there's, some, there's some problems with the treatment of... Uh, the LGBT plus community, the migrant workers who've died building the stadiums. It's just, it's the opposite of what a World Cup should be. A World Cup should be a festival of football where we're talking about football, football, football. And it's been dragged into the most politicised and talk, one of the most talked about for the wrong reasons World Cup in history. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's going to change, to be honest with you, because... Because of the the circumstances surrounding it, there are two clear, clear issues, aren't there? One that you've talked about, the the the, the corruption within FIFA, which will which I'm sure we'll talk about, and, and and then obviously the the issues in terms of the 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 human rights side of stuff in 
in Qatar, um, and, and and probably to be fair across the Middle East, um, it, it's a really difficult situation. Um, and the, and again, I suppose there are two sides to every argument, aren't there? You know, you can't you can't sort of one side of that argument is that you can't um, impose your culture and views and values on another on another culture because that's just that's not how it works, is it? You know, much as you might disagree with the way that they conduct themselves, um, you know, that's the way they conduct themselves and the way that they always have is one side of that argument. Um, it's a pretty poor one, to be honest, but it's, you know, it's there. Um, so for me, the major issue, that, that, that issue and the political issues there that you're talking about are never, ever going to go away. It's got nothing to do with the World Cup for me. Um the only thing that is that, that can be done um during the course of the World Cup Cup is to is for it to, to, to shine a light on that sort of behaviour um across the world. But all you're doing is just com- completely telling everybody what you what everybody already knows, aren't you, about about mm. what goes off. So uh, for me, yeah, it's it's horrible and I don't agree with the way that, that that, that those things are done and and, and and those sorts of views. However, it's a, that is a political issue and, and not really one that I think um, we should be kind of going too deep into in a football podcast. It's about the football, isn't it? Um, and there are just as bigger issues in terms of the football side of it. Um, not well, they're not just as big, but you know what I mean. In, from a footballing point of view, if you if you put to one side for a moment the political side of it, from a football side point of view, it's 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 also crap. Isn't it? It's just garbage. So it, 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 that's the, the for me. There's no reason to be interested in it. I'm really really struggling. I'm really struggling to to to, to come up with a to, to support it. Is probably a better way of putting it. I'm, I'm really struggling to support it in any way, um, and and I'll be honest, I'm very very disappointed that the the respective football associations of the countries that are, have qualified have supported it in the way that they have. Um, I, I'm very disappointed, um, and it's it, for me it smacks of the fact that the corruption is still there. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I will say, and we, you know, I think it's important to point out, I think no blame should be laid at the footballers that go there or the management team, Danny, because they're just they're paid to do a job. If the, if the World Cup were on Mars, they'd probably all go play on Mars because this it's a World yeah. Cup. They've got to go play in this in this major event. This for some of these players, this is a once in a lifetime event. So I think it's important to say that none of the players are really at, bl- at blame. It's all about the boys upstairs, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um... Definitely something FIFA should take the majority of the blame for. Um, some countries could have been very strong with their football association and gone, actually, you know what? No, we're not going. But let's face it, they were never going to do that, were they? They were going to find their own little ways to protest it. Um, but the, they say politics and sport don't mix. Yeah, they don't, but they, but they still do. And yeah, forced to. I mean, do you remember when FIFA came out with a statement saying, oh, don't mention politics going to the World Cup, you know, this, that's yeah. and other. Uh, lads, it's in Qatar because of politics, you know. 
Um, but yeah, countries have stood up to it a little bit. <clears throat> I saw that England did something that, in my opinion, was actually a little bit too subtle with their plane because uh, they had the, um, the the caricature of the guy on the plane. And he had rainbow lace, uh, rainbow pattern on his shoes. To me, that's a little bit right. too subtle. Right. I can see the message they're going for, and fair enough, but a little bit too subtle. And then you've got teams like Denmark who have completely blanked out their kits and kit manufacturers saying, we don't want to be associated with this competition, so we'll just wear a blank red and a blank black. black. Yeah, mm. blank and black kit. So fair, it looks fair... really nice, the black kit. It yeah, really it, cool. it does, actually. So fair play to Denmark on that one. Um and then, obviously, some footballers have formed their own opinions, which you sort of have to respect because it's just their own opinions. Um, I think it's uh, Hugo Lloris who neither confirmed nor denied he was going to wear the rainbow armband, but mm. that's his business. So, so yeah, it, it's just a very odd World Cup. And like you say, Matt, with the documentary on Netflix, when you find out the underlying things about it, it sort of makes you think that this could be one of the worst World Cups purely by what everyone knows happened in the background. Mm. You know, it's like um, Argentina, 86. Oh, yeah, and with the, the whole... Um, oh, what were it called now? Um, the militaristic regime that was in the country. Junta, that's it. Junta. <clears throat> yeah, that's the one. Like that... Mm. But this one, because of the, the geopolitics involved with it and the so and the socio-economic politics of it as well, it just makes it a bit. Mm. But it's also sod's law that one of the worst uh, socio-economic World Cups there's been would be the one that England wins. It's just going to be sod's law, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still celebrate it. Um, yeah, that's like I said, there's there's so many there's so many journalists and good work. There's, not enough journalists done good work on it. This should have been pushed by the journalists 10 years ago when the bid was done, as pointed out by a lot of, lot of people. But some have done exceptional work to shed a light on this without those good journalists. And I'm not a fan of all of them. But without the good journalists, the lights wouldn't have been shown on Thief. It wouldn't have been shown on everything else. So there has been some excellent work, which we mentioned. I'm not necessarily... I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it would have come out eventually anyway. Um, okay. But you, the, you look at the governing bodies of, of, of the vast majority of international sports um, and they're made up of people who have pretty much zero interest in the sport itself. Um, they are there for the ride, there for the money. Um, and, and the sport itself is just ancillary to it. And FIFA have proved that and the FA have proved that and the Premier League proved that uh, week in, week out. Um, so... You know, he's never going to change because of the amount of money that's in there. Um, but as far as this World Cup is concerned, the fact that it's after the corruption was 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 brought to light and, and and became public, the fact that it still it still takes place despite the fact that the whole process was corrupt and nothing has been done about it to stop it, just beggars belief, quite honestly. Um, and, and and for me, and this is my own personal view, I'm not putting this forward as a view of, of anyone else. For me, all that smacks of is more corruption, more money changing hands, because otherwise something would, should and would have been done about it had the people in charge of the organisation that, that, that are organising the, 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 the World Cup should have done something about it, you know, and, and, and they haven't. They just allowed it to continue 
So my 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 guess there is that there's possibly some more money changed hands in the in the meantime following uh, old Sepp's res um, resignation on ousting. But any, anyway, what can you do? What it's can interesting you, do? you mention <clears throat> money swapping hands, Mick. Uh, let me see if I can just find the message quickly that someone sent me. It's a screenshot from Twitter. Um, Is this in relation to the Qatar-Ecuador game? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they've apparently already started bribing players to throw the game yeah. 1-0. That's it. Mm. Well, yeah. I'm hoping, really hoping, that that's just somebody trying to wind up and it's just took off. Yeah, I, I mean, the, we're going to get a lot more of this, aren't we? Because people are going to jump on the bandwagon to grab, grab themselves some more clicks as well, you know, mm. with 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 things like that. The the, the people involved in in these sorts of um, things are, are far less, um, are far more um, subtle than, uh, than than that. That's just just oh, for yeah. me it appears to be nonsense. However, if Qatar win the game one 0 having scored in the second half, then we might have to have to view that separate view that differently, mightn't we? Yes, mm. we might do. Um, Chris Page points out Qatar have pulled money to hosting MotoGB night races there for a while. Euro rounds of that particular sport get 100k. Qatar gets a few thousand. You look at Saudi Arabia because with sports washings are not a new thing. Again, as as Danny pointed out with the Argentina 78, this is what this is it. And the, the sporting bodies have fell for it, so fell for it. Got paid for it, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, right, let's move on. Because let's move on. Um, <laughs> we'll start shouting if we don't move on. Yeah, let's try and find some positivity. It's a World Cup, and I am one of the. I'm not. I can't be one of the biggest fans of World Cups, but I love World Cups. They are the pinnacle of football. They are everything that football is about. I know. I love Rotherham United. And getting to the Premier League would probably be the best thing ever. But if England won the World Cup, and to see these countries compete for this this tournament is amazing. Um, ignoring the background of it, um, but here's where we are. So we're going to do some predictions. We're going to talk about World Cup in general. Do our predictions. I will go through the categories I've got for our predictions um, to give Mick Danny a bit more time to predict while we uh, while we talk about it. So we are and predict- if you want to do your own predictions at home and um, yeah, send them in. You can tweet us at us if you want, and we'll rip them to pieces. We will <laughs> tweet them. IOC underscore pod email gmail.com. We will pick the worst predictions out and talk about them. <laughs> you need to do that. You've got them here. You've got them here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I may have stuck one in, Mick, that you might have done. So we're going to do the winner, obviously, the world champions. We're going to do the golden boot winner, which is top scorer. The Golden Ball, which is basically the best player, whoever comes away that would be. Uh, the Dark Horse uh, team, which who we think is the Dark Horse team. The Stage of England's elimination, and who we think are going to underachieve. Um, and we'll sort of go through those step by step. Um, give everybody a bit more time to think about them as well. Um, Dave Lawton on the on the competition. So even go and select me, lads. I ain't interested in the slightest. He's not even sure why he's watching. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I might be wrong, Mick, I think this is one of those things that we're all not bothered about because there's been no build-up. But once it gets going, once one good game happens, we will be locked in, and that'll be it for the rest of the tournament, I hope, anyway. Yeah, we're football fans, aren't we? We're football fans, and and, and at the end of the day, it is the World Cup. So, um, you know, for 90 minutes or 180 minutes a day, depending on how many games are on, you're right, I'm sure the vast majority of us will be will be sort of hooked um, but nevertheless, still feeling a bit guilty, or I will be for being hooked. Um, oh, yeah, 
But, you know, we're not going to... Uh, Infantini and Sepp and everybody aren't going to get the new cars and houses paid for if we don't watch it on So, you know, we're, uh, we've got a duty to got a duty to help these poor people. So, yes, we will be hooked. Um, and it's... Uh, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure the football will be anyway, in the yeah. main. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of referees to rant at as well, which I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, <laughs> right. Shall we go? Which order do you want to go? Let's do his first prediction. Do you want to start with? Should we do winners last? I'll go from bottom to top in the, in the categories I've just. So we'll go underachievers um, of the 32 teams. I know obviously it's difficult. You can't, I don't think Iran could possibly be underachievers unless they win the game 12 0. So you look, we're sort of looking at the big teams, the bigger countries, um, of who you would think will be well, underachieving or will do worse than what you expect. Um, Mick, who do you fancy? Well, I had to look up who'd actually qualified, to be honest, because <laughs> um, I, I weren't really sure. Uh, right. <laughs> you're not uh, sure sometimes when you talk about the football club you love. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Spain. I'm going to go with Spain. I'm not convinced by Spain. I, I, I toyed with the idea of Germany with the, the thought of Germany initially, but I think they're they're now beginning to sort of turn it around a little bit and. After after a after a, a lull, uh, I, will, I will just jump in there and say that they um, stormed past uh, Oman last night with a with a eightieth um, minute one nil victory. Who did Germany or Spain? Germany. <laughs> they lost to North Macedonia as well, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but but uh, big 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 country, big uh, big team, big tournament. They'll uh, they will turn it on. So for me, I think uh, I think Spain. I'll be the ones that struggle, or one of the ones that struggle. Fair enough. Chris Page says he watched a man v Germany last night. Germany were poor for the one they win. That is one of the main reasons I am picking Germany as my underachievers. Um, and I don't know why. I just think it's funny. Um, <laughs> Danny, <laughs> um, I've gone for Italy. Oh no, sorry, we're doing teams that actually qualified. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You've upset all them Italians watching. I don't care. <laughs> you beaters in the Euro final, you can all get in the bin. As far as I'm, concerned. Um, I'm going to say Belgium in truth. Good job. Um, oh, Danny, that's a cop out. No, because Belgium always underachieve. No, right. <laughs> the reason, reason I'm saying Belgium is because I think Belgium will actually massively underachieve, like group stage underachieve, because oh, pressure's on right now for Belgium to perform well in a tournament because it's their mm. more or less last competition of their quote-unquote golden generation and they've won NAF all. You know, they might still sneak Nations League, um, but this is probably Belgium's last chance for a few decades to win a major international tournament. Um, and I honestly don't think they'll do it. I think the pressure will get to them and they just won't achieve at all. They might crash out the group stage just three draws for example but I don't think they'll have that cutting edge because it's their last chance um, so yeah I think Belgium because their golden generation haven't done anything before and I don't think they'll do it with the last chance either you watch we've them got, go win it now <laughs> we've got a fairly kind group Canada we don't know I don't know enough about Canada I know they've got um, the kid at uh, Bayern Munich um, I can't remember his name now but he's a very good player I don't know what else Canada have got They've got Croatia or a tournament team. Put them in a tournament and they will cause problems. And then Morocco, well, again, we don't expect very much from. 
So there's certainly a place up for grabs, but I agree. Spain and Germany make her in the same group. I didn't realise mm. this. Uh, Costa Rica and Japan. That is a tough group, that other than Costa Rica. Tough group. Germany, mm. Spain, Japan. Any any two of those three could get through. Um, you never know with, with countries like Costa Rica as well. You just never know. Look at 2014. They knocked England out, didn't they, really? Exactly, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, mixed in with all this, we're going to chuck in some World Cup, our World Cup moments, our World Cup memories. Uh, Mick, I want to start with you on this one. Mm-hmm. I want to know your first World Cup memory. What was your first World Cup? Got to be 74? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was the one with Beckenbauer. So that would be 74 or would it be 70? I can't remember. Germany won it in 74. Say again? Did Germany win it in 74? Yeah, I think they did, yeah. West Germany, mm-hmm. weren't they? Then? West Germany, um, yeah. I just remember Franz Beckenbauer um, and what an unbelievable player he was. Bear in mind, I was very young at the time. So, um, uh, And Cruyff was, was mm. his peak as well. Um, so that that's my first memory. There's not much of I can't tell you much about it. So I think I was about nine, I think. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's the, those two players stick out for me as being probably the first two international players I'd ever heard of, other than Pele, obviously. Um, and and they were awesome. They were absolutely awesome. And and obviously, Johan Cruyff went to do fantastic things as a manager as well at um, at Barcelona. Um, and, and, and even to this day, Barcelona are still sort of um, benefiting from the from 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 him. So uh, yeah, that that was my first earliest memory of the World Cup. And I'm not trying to dig here, but back in those days, there wouldn't have been much access to any football outside. Even the first division, I imagine there weren't much access. I was a match at day was I assume, but you got match of the day, and you got FA Cup final. Yeah. There would have been no access to international, even European football. Order. So this this yeah. would be the only time you see these players, really. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Just uh, the world when the World Cup came around, uh, so it was a bigger event then, really, than it is now hmm. um, for for supporters, anyway. Yeah, not for money men. <laughs> uh, Sean Green says back then that Germany won that tournament, but Netherlands yeah. were the best team. Hmm. Um, yeah, they were, they were, were they runners up twice in a row, Holland. I think they were, yeah. They lost they to were. Argentina in that dodgy one in 78 as well, didn't they? They're yeah. um, the team that's got to the most finals and not won it for, uh, are the Netherlands. Mm. Stat man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Danny, your first World Cup. We'll talk about best memories in a little bit. Your first World Cup memory. <sighs> well, um, my first cup, will, proper World Cup that I was well, alive for Um would have been 2002. That was my first World Cup per se, and Brazil won it that year. Um, it was amazing that year and all. Yeah. Um, don't really remember that one or the 2006 one. The first one I properly remember was the 2010 one in South Africa, um, mainly because of all the incredible music that came out of South Africa. Waving Flag is still in my phone because it's just like one of the best football songs ever. Like, like, uh, well, it was the other one by was it by um Shakira? Yes, the she did one. the main one, yeah, which was strange. Yeah, I, I mean, that one became more of a meme more than anything, but waving flag, just different gravy. Um, 
so yeah, and we'll come on to my worst memory from that World Cup as well. Um, but yeah, I was just starting to get into football, and then there's this international tournament with all countries. It's like, oh, England's in it. This should be fun. So yeah. Yeah, so you, you didn't get the benefit. I'll talk about some other tours. I had the benefit of glorious failure. England doing well and then just getting hurt at the last second. You just had crap England. Mm. <laughs> Imagine how happy I was in 2018 and 2021 when well, we actually exactly. did well in tournaments. <laughs> yeah, you'd not wait as long as me and Mick for that one. Well, Mick's waited much longer than me for a good England team. Um, finally turned up. My first memory was 98. I was too young for the 94 World Cups. So 1998 was my first one. I remember sitting in school watching the first half of England-Tunisia because mm. they were in school time, but we weren't allowed to watch the second half. Don't know why. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we, I remember we lost, lost in the last seconds to Romania, which was not good. That was quite embarrassing. Um, and then the Argentina, somebody's put in the comments here, uh, the Owen goal. Michael Owen against Argentina in 1998, one of the greatest England goals ever. Um, yeah, that one of those games, Mick, I don't know if you remember it, against Argentina. One of those games that seemed to last about three days. <coughs> when you get to penalties, the first minute of the game is yeah. like a season age away. Is that the one when Simeone got Beckham sent off? It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember the fallout from it afterwards, to be oh, honest. Yeah, massive, wasn't it? Um, and, and that kind of, I think that possibly that, that that one incident kind of started to put me off international football, and 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 it, it put me off not necessarily because of the football itself, but because of the reaction of supporters. Mm. I found it's quite sickening, to be honest with you, the way that both the press and supporters behaved subsequent to that. Um, and it, that, I think that's one of the things that kind of started to turn me off international football. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I I I remember it reasonably well. I remember the Owen goal. Um, I remember the Romania game, um, which wasn't a particularly um, happy time. No. Uh, but but that I mean that that sort of World Cup kind of um, booked the trend from an England point of view because we actually played a seventeen-year-old player with some talent mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to beating the talent out of them and waiting while they were 25, which is what we seem to have done since. So, um, but yeah, um, I I do remember it. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed that World Cup. I have a video game, FIFA, France 98, um, great game for PlayStation 1. Classic, (laughs) absolute classic. Um, Chris Page said he liked the Roger Miller for Cameroon in 1990. Uh, They just kicked teams off the park, but Roger Miller was class. I think everybody knows the famous Roger Miller celebration with the corner flag. That's, a, again, an iconic World Cup um, image. Um, again, Mick, yeah, that was one of England's few success stories in 1990, wasn't it? The, the, whole, the, whole, the whole of Italia 90 was just, uh, just wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, and, and it goes back to a little bit to what I just said there, because before, this is by memory, and somebody in the comments might tell me, tell me differently, on the run-up to that um, World Cup, Bobby Robson got, in my memory, got slated and slated and slated by the press. They absolutely hounded him. Um, and then we just went there and and and, and we're, we're excellent and, and we're so, so unlucky not to uh, not to get through to the final. It was a fantastic World Cup. 
absolutely fantastic. Everything about it. Um, and uh, even, I mean, even we sort of what 32 years on now with the music from it still, still sort of sends shivers down my spine. It was fantastic. But I'm with Chris. Roger Miller was my hero of 1990 World Cup. Absolute, what an absolute star that bloke was. Absolute star. And Cameroon were great because, and, and he is right, they just kicked their daylights out of people. Um, and and then looked innocent when they got booked. It was brilliant. It was just, it, it was just a complete, yeah, it was just a throwback to, uh, to well, I said throwback, it was like Sunday morning football. <laughs> I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen videos of them kicking 10 balls out of Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fair play. There's no, no wrong with that. That's just... That's... <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Italian 90 because, number one, this shirt is a reproduction from Italian 90, so for our YouTube viewers. And number two, um, I was in a pub yesterday doing some uni work. Always fun and games at uni, going to the pub. Um, and there's this older fella in, and um, he went to Italian 90. And... Um, and he told me something interesting because England was still banned from Europe at the time because of the Heisel disaster. Um, they forced England to play all of their games in one particular province of Italy, um, purely because that province had a bigger police presence because they wanted to come down on all the England fans until they learned that the England fans, in reality, were actually okay. And it was just, like you say, make the bad press that had completely shook up the Italians to the point where... They just made England play, I forget which province he said, uh, and there was a massive police presence. And yeah, so for the knockout games, England only played in that one province just in case there was trouble because then all the police could clamp down on them very, very quickly. So yeah. Training journalist, by the way, slating journalists, coverage of stuff. Yay! <laughs> That's me never getting employed. Brilliant. <laughs> um, so, Paul Scalacci, Nick? Scalacci, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some absolute immense players in that tournament. And Lineker, obviously, uh, David Platt with his uh, goal against, I think it was Belgium, was it? Mm. Kind of over his shoulder. Um, Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic tournament. Um, There's, I think there's a, there is a, again on Netflix, I think there's a... um, No, it's a sky, isn't it? Say again? I think it's on Sky, is it four weeks that changed the world or something like something that? Something like Sky. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I so I shall, be, uh, I shall watch that and see if it gets me in the mood. But um, yeah, Italian 90 was, in my view, in my lifetime, comfortably the best World Cup tournament. Comfortably. Decent and World Cup song as well for England. Back. World in motion. Not yeah, yeah. I mean, what else is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sean Green and Chris Page say it was Sardinia. Uh, That's it, Sardinia. I knew it sounded like a fish. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Right, do a couple more predictions and we'll come back to some memories. Uh, One I have next, stage of England's elimination, which could cross (laughs) with winner. I don't know. Um, Danny, start us off. Where is England's fate? Oof. Um, if we get the Netherlands in the round of 16, I think that's all done. If we get Senegal, for example, in the round of 16, we might squeak through it. Um, but if we play one of the big teams in the quarterfinals, I think if France win all their games, they get to the quarterfinal meeting with England. Yeah, that's when it gets a little bit trippy. I mean, if if England turn up, I think we'll do well. Right, but for England to do well, we need the bigger countries uh, to not turn up for us to really, really progress through this World Cup. So I'm going to put my marker on the quarterfinals for England this tournament. I like it, uh, Mick. I'm expecting pessimism. Don't let me down. <laughs> Sadio Mane is not uh, playing for. Um... Is he not? Senegal, is he? He's uh, he's not recovered from his injury, so uh, you know Senegal might be a, a little easier without him playing. Uh, that, throwing himself on floor, I mean, or whichever it is, or whatever he does. Um, I've gone for quarterfinals. I've gone for quarterfinals for England. Um, I, I I just I, I I think Gareth Southgate as a coach. He's a, well, I don't think, I know uh, he's a very, very good coach. I don't think, I don't know whether he's going to be good enough to, to, to lead England to, to a World Cup final. I'll be, I'll be surprised um, whether he's out of his depth doing what he's doing and how much outside input is, is involved in the players that he picks. But um, I don't think he's, uh, yeah, I think quarterfinals is, is probably about where we'll make make if we're lucky I think with Southgate I think you can compare him massively to our former manager Robin's former manager yeah in that I think he's a very very good man manager I think his man management skills were the best Gareth Southgate we we've I've seen him coach and I know for a fact he is an excellent coach um that side of the game is is brilliant the question comes tactically and how you change the games tactically in the last two tournaments, England have lost because he has been too rigid with his tactics in the game. You're talking about Croatia in 2018. That needed a change. Modric were running the show. Something needed to happen to change it, and he didn't, and it cost us the game. Against Italy, when it, when Italy got the goal, we needed to change in the Euros. We needed to do something different, but we didn't, and we allowed Italy to come on to us, and we never let like scoring, and we lost on penalties. There's big question marks over that side of Southgate's game in the Danny. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Um, but with, there's some injuries that have come into England and the players he's, he's taken, we could see a little bit more fluidity with his tactics. Mm, true. You know, there definitely seems to be more of a case of Southgate looking for a three at the back in attack and then a five at the back in defence. Mm. But he's also got the capability to go with a four at the back as well and beef up midfield a little bit. So I think because of his last previous two mistakes, where don't get me wrong, he did well to get <clears throat> England to the semi-final oh, and the yeah. final. Has he learned his lesson and is it third time lucky? 
I, I, I've already put my points on the table. We will need all the countries not to turn up and us to turn up. Mm. Um, a few question marks have been put on his squad selection. I can sort of understand why he's not taking Ivan Tony now with his um, <laughs> betting if you, if, you, if you put add two and 230 together, I think you've got your reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think someone needs to be looking at his Sky Bet account uh, with that uh, Qatar-Ecuador game. You're saying... Um, yeah, and then the Tamori as well. That was the other one that people kicked up a fuss about. Uh, but on paper, England do have a very, very good team for this tournament. It's just if Southgate can get them playing the right song, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If Southgate takes the chains of, of of it, we have a chance of winning it. We've got as good a chance as anybody. What One thing missing is really missing from Southgate in a major tournament, that's beating a big team, beating a big country. Mm. The run towards the semi-final was kind. You still have beat the teams in front of you, but it was kind. Same with the Euros. It was a pretty kind draw. And but it got to it got us to a final, you know what I mean? So but I think the only big team we've beaten was in the Euros with Germany. That yeah, but they were that, a shadow, that, that, weren't they? Yeah, it were a shadow Germany team, but in terms of what they were yeah, capable yeah. of, I think it was Germany. Yeah. Same with um, the World Cup as well. Very kind, that draw. And then the first team with a bit of quality, which was Croatia, and we fell to it. Yeah. Um, Euros improved it a little bit, I think. But yeah, this is the time for Southgate to show us what he's made of. If we say, do get to the quarterfinals and we do get mm. France, or even round of 16 with the Netherlands, if Southgate can't, like you say, Mark, be a bit more fluid with his tactics, that's England gone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the quarterfinals should be if we win. If we win our group, the quarterfinal will probably be France. It could be Denmark because they're in the same group. Either way, that's tough. Either way, that's mm. a really tough quarterfinal. As it should be a World Cup. World Cup, it should be hard in the quarterfinals. So um, this, but I, I still maintain this team is good enough to win it. I think, but it's going to take a lot of a lot of work. Mm. Um, next up, Dark Horse. I. Talk, I mean, I talked about that last night on the show. I'm going to go South Korea. Um, I like Song Song Min. I think he's an excellent player. Um, I think the group is relatively kind, which I will get up in a second. Um, so I think, yeah, they've got Ghana, Portugal. Oh, obviously, eyes are elsewhere at the minute with Portugal uh, and Uruguay. I'm not convinced about them anymore. So I'm going to go South Korea to at least make out of the group's potential as a quarterfinal in there. I think a kind last 16 draw. Uh, Danny? Uh, everyone's going to hate me for saying this. I'm going to say Qatar. No, uh, <laughs> I mean, if the betting thing is true, they're going to well. get to the final, aren't they, lads? Um, <clears throat> but in terms of the team they've got, I don't really think people know what to expect from Qatar. They have just won the Asia Cup, mm. uh, so they're quite obviously one of the stronger teams in the Asian Confederation. Um, so, yeah, I think they could surprise a few. I think in their group, they'll just like, oh, it's just Qatar, you know, we could have another South Africa on our hands here. Um, but I don't think they will. I think they could come out of the group in second. Really, really do. Which means they're probably play England. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You, know, you know, if we um, play them and then we really? lose to them, the conspiracy theories will be off the scale. Ah, be, be right. We'll, we'll meet Qatar after they've been fiddling matches and we'll smack them 6-0. Be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are, Danny is right. They are. They did win the Asia Cup. I think they're ranked relatively well. Uh, although, no, they're not, they're not in the top 50, so they're not ranked that well. Um, For a couple of size, they're all right. 
for the country this size, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mick? Well, they are the home nation as well, aren't they? And the home nation traditionally does reasonably well, but... There's only well, as I mentioned yesterday, there's only one team to ever not make out to host a tournament and not make out of the group stage. That was South Africa. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm going to get myself punched when uh, when Rotherham matches resume by saying what I'm going to say for my dark horse. So uh, uh, I apologise to um, the Johansson family right now. Oh no, uh, angry for Denmark. Then he'll be happy. Yeah, I'll be happy <laughs> because oh, my right, team's Denmark and our World Cup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, for me, they are perennial dark horses. Denmark, they turn up at these major tournaments and as as as, as cannon fodder and end up doing really, really well. So, so yeah, I, I, I just keep an eye on Denmark for me. And they've, they've got, got the Ericsson um, story as well, aren't they? The, the, the motivation, the story behind that as well. Again, yeah, yeah, with Ericsson, yeah, definitely. So. Um, right, we will do next off best player. So, what is essentially the, the call it the golden ball? Um, Mick, I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I think, well, no, I don't think he is. I think the stars have aligned for this. I think the stars have aligned for this one after, um, after the uh, the issues that Ronaldo's been having recently. Um, this, this interview with probably the two most hateful people in the whole world sitting in a room talking to each other. Um, this is Messi's World Cup. This is Lionel Messi's World Cup for me. Um, I think he will be the standout player of this tournament. Um, so, that, yeah, I, 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 we can put paid once and for all to this ridiculous conversation about which one of those two players is the better player because it in the conversation shouldn't even be a conversation as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I think uh, Qatar 2022 will be the um, the Lionel Messi show from a footballing point of view. Interesting. He would be the first player ever to win it twice. He did win it in 2014 in Brazil when Argentina lost in the final. Uh, I'm also going to go Leo Messi. I agree. I think it's. Just, I don't. I don't think Argentina will win. Uh, as we'll come to in a minute, but I think he will shine um, and drag them quite far. Danny, who's taking your who's taking the gold ball for you? Um, I do agree. I think Messi will n- not in terms of who I think will win it, but I'd agree with yeah. your points anyway. That this is Messi's World Cup because let's face it, Ronaldo's exposed himself as a petulant child, hasn't he? With his again. comments about again so, um, with Man United, <laughs> I've, I've always maintained this argument: Messi is the better on the ball player. And the footballer, quote unquote, and I always made the argument that Ronaldo was the better physical physical player, and you know, old fashioned sort of big and strong football. But now there's no argument; it has to be Messi. It was the better player. Now, are you saying? Are you just basically you're just saying that Ronaldo's got a better body? Basically, yeah. It's yeah. prettier than Wayne Rooney, as Ronaldo says. That's all it is. I, I mean, he does have a he does have a point. To be fair with that argument, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say my golden ball winner, slightly dependent on how well his country does. But I'm going to say Thomas Muller because he's very very consistent in international competitions. He is. I agree. He is absolutely. Um... He, have, he would be the second German to win it. Oliver Kahn won it in 20, 2002. Mm. Some facts. You're an there. incredible keeper, Oliver Kahn. Good grief. 
In quintessentially um, German as well, because he used to shout at everybody. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, funny this, I know this is a side point, but there hasn't the, the person that's won the golden ball hasn't won the World Cup since 1994. Every winner has been a losing finalist, I think. Uh, except Diego, Diego Forlan won it in 2010. They uh, Uruguay lost in the in the uh, in the semis. So yeah, if you win the golden ball, you ain't winning the World Cup as well, apparently. Um, so good luck with that. Uh, before we move on, let's go Golden Boot winner uh, next before we, we'll talk about some favourite moments. Danny, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to echo what I said on um, the show we went on last night, Matt, where depending on how well England do, <clears throat> um, Harry Kane probably could win the Golden Ball because, again, he's another player who turns up internationally, mm. at least in recent times. Um but this is my point with you two making about Messi. I do really think this is going to be Messi's tournament. I think he's going to turn up in terms of goals for his country, but I think he's going to fall short because I don't think Argentina will get right to the final and Messi doesn't really turn up after the knockout stages. Mm. Um, but I do think Messi will win the golden boot because he will grab Argentina by the braces and score them goals to get them through the group stage. And I think he'll probably score around six, maybe seven goals this tournament. And that could be enough to win the Golden Boot. Interesting. Uh, Paul Brock is going the same as me. How Paul Brock says, Harry Kane, do we think he will do well? Yes, I do, Paul. I am putting him as my um, Golden Boot winner. I said uh, our group is pretty kind. I know that I think Iran ranked pretty well, Wales ranked pretty well. USA are an okay team, but there's goals in there. There's, there are plenty of goals for someone like Harry Kane in that group. He might not score in the knockout stages like he did the last World Cup. He didn't score in the knockout stages, but I fancy him in the group stages to get plenty. Uh, I think he gets six or seven, something like that. Uh, Mick? It's a bit boring, this, isn't it? Because we're all going to put certain players. <laughs> uh, I've gone for Harry Kane as well. Um, so long as he can find his way towards playing up front rather than... Um, as holding midfielder, trying to fetch ball. Um, uh, yeah, Harry Kane. Harry Kane, I think he will do it. Might yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Might be wrong. We will see. Um, let's do. Let's go a couple of Rotherham related stuff. Ian Bradley says, my only hope is the World Cup is Emmy Martinez has a good tournament. Mm. Yeah. I think, could be wrong, I think he's the second former Rotherham player to go on and play a World Cup. Obviously, Carrie Arneson did it. Uh, and Martinez will do. Mick, do you know if Dave Watson ever played in the World Cup after? I don't think he did, no. I don't think he did. I, don't, I think he played for like a barren time for England, didn't he? If, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. In, in tournament football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Emmy Martinez will be the second player. Still no playing Rotherham players. Still no current Rotherham players ever played at the World Cup or Euros, actually. Um, that'll change at some point. Probably. You would hope so. Um, had Sweden qualified, Victor should have been there. So, that's... Uh... But you know, he didn't even get picked for friendlies, did he? So, no, barking absolutely borderline, borderline crime that Victor hasn't been chosen for Sweden, by the way. Yeah, it is. But I'm sure he's had a good week off back in Sweden. I assume he's gone back to Sweden anyway. Um, anyway, anyway, I want your favorite World Cup moment now. We've talked about your firsts. Um, I'll take you, I'll take your worst and first, I'll take your worst and best, to be honest with you. If you can give me a worst and a best, that we could probably laugh at the worst and then we'll pick the winners and wrap up um, this episode. 
Danny, I'll start with you. I mean, I've already asked for your best, so let's go your best favourite World Cup. You've always got a shorter period than me and me to pick from. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> now, I've got... It's, it's a toss-up between two, really. Um, there was a very brief moment of ecstasy when Trippier scored against Croatia, mm. and that seemed like the highlight so far. But for me, purely based on the story behind it, I'm going to say when we beat, who was it now? Uh, Colombia on penalties. Like we all know I'm, I'm a bit of a history nut when it comes to football. So that was the first time we'd won on penalties and progressed in a World Cup. It, and to say I was in a pub and watched it on telly, it was like, it's getting. Um, I'd just like to apologise to the woman's phone that I broke in the pub because as we've jumped up, I've hit the table, the pints have spilled and her phone turned off. So, yeah, we got out of that pub very quickly and I've not seen her since. So, sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, so that's my favourite moment. Yeah, if she's watching. <laughs> sorry, I don't have the money to pay you back. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, that's my highlight. If you are going to pub this tournament, keep your phone in your bag, in your pocket, because it'll get beer thrown of it if, if England do well. So what you need, on... you need one of those, like... Um... Waterproof sealable packets that you should that yeah. you take swimming with you that you can still use your phone in. If you put Correct. it in that and then leave it on the table, it's fine, it won't get wet. Correct. Yes. Um I'll be honest, that Columbia that Columbia one is is my favourite as well. Um it just for that brief moment, you just thought things are changing, England's different now. We've won a penalty shoot. Uh it just felt amazing. Uh the celebration. I was I was at home. I've never celebrated a goal like that, a, a, a win like that, um, on my own. Basically, it was it, it was an amazing moment, so special, um, and we didn't win. But it's all about the smell of flowers on the way in it. Um, Mick, difficult one. It's a difficult one because I, I would have to go back to nine, Italian ninety, um, and, and I I can't think of one individual. Um, event during the course of that tournament that really stands out to me. Um, it's just the whole atmosphere of it all mm. was just so football. It was just so, it was just wonderful. Um, and, and listening to that music, listening to Ness and Donna, and, and even now it gives me goosebumps just listening to that because it is football. And I know it's not. And I know it's got nothing to do with football whatsoever. But but for me, that is just so... It just... I, I can taste it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, so I, I have no real sort of standout one moment um, that, I've, that I've seen. Um, YouTube users just put up there on 1966. Obviously... I guess if you're talking about World Cup moments that we weren't around for, well, I was around, but I wasn't old enough. Um, then 66, obviously, but but no, just Italian 90, the whole of it was was wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Ian Bradley says the Marco Tardelli goal and celebration against West Germany in 82. Only me remember. I think I have seen that. Is that one with the Barry Davis commentary? Can't remember uh, that. I think I'm sorry, be. Ian. I, but then again, I forgot what I had for my tea, so you know it's not. <laughs> okay, it's not unusual. <laughs> Phil Oxley says they got a bank save in 1970. Oh my word! Yes, LA, mm. which was uh, 
Well, and wasn't Gordon Banks from Rotherham? No, was he? He was from Doncaster, wasn't he? He was a local lad, weren't he? I didn't know that. Might be wrong. Oh, Google. Google is our friend. Uh, <laughs> Abbeydale in Stoke. Uh, Sheffield, sorry. Mm. Yeah. He died in Stoke. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, localish. We'll claim it. We'll claim I mean, he's pushing to Sheffield just like Rotherham is, so, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Honourable mention for me is that uh, I loved the uh, 2002 World Cup, Japan, South Korea. It were early morning kickoffs, which were a bit inconvenient for everybody. Um, but again, it just felt different, you know, because you're going to these countries that we don't watch football in. Mm. It just felt different and strange, but but at the same time beautiful. And that was the best World Cup football ever as well. Um, with like a flaming triangle on it, it was just it was just beautiful. Um, Ian Bradley says in his in his opinion, the worst World Cup of his life was America, USA '94, until obviously this year. Uh, yeah. yeah, we did England didn't qualify for that one, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> was there a World Cup in '94? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a worst moment, Mick? You know, the moment that you think back to and you think, what could have been, or yeah, you just yeah. hated that moment? Yeah, losing on penalties in Italian '90. I keep going back to '90. <laughs> you know, all the World Cups happen, don't you? I do, yeah, but 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 losing to Germany in that semi-final almost, as a grown man, almost brought me to tears. I remember just sitting there, just being so utterly distraught that 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 had happened. Um, yeah, that they, that was the worst moment for me. Bizarre, isn't it? And I guess that's probably one of the reasons why that tournament lives so long in the memory because there were so many highs and so many and and, and such a such a deep low at the end of it. You know what I mean? Um, you just got the complete. Extremes of emotion. Um, so, Football. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just kind of summed it up. Like I said to you uh, at the start of that little bit that I just said about it, it, it just sums up, it, for me, it just summed up football. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Chris Page says the World Cup was worse when it was when the Dutchman, Dutch player spat at the German. Um, I think it was 90 as well, Mick, was it? I think it was, yeah. I think it was. What happened in Italian hands? It going great. Vola, Rudy Vola, weren't it? Yes. I think. Uh, Rude Hull, wait, not Rude Hullet. No, Rudy no, Vola's found Rude Hullet. I think I can't. Oh. I don't know whether they were Hullet that he spat at. I can't remember. It was somebody. It was somebody with dreads. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. um, so I, I, can't, I can't remember whether it were uh, Hullet or not. But yeah, that were a bit. Again. It just summed up football, didn't it? You know, the, everything about it, the passion, the controversy, everything. Um, yeah. Touch the nerve here, Sean Green says, it brought me to tears that make we outplayed the Germans. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ian Bradley says, the most heartbreaking moment for him was the World Cup when Ronaldinho chipped semen uh, in 2002. Oh, what a moment that was. Oh. That team could have won World Cup. We pushed an amazing Brazilian team all the way, and one little mistake from David Seaman cost us the game. Yeah. Um, that hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Danny, what's your World Cup? I assume you Croatia, or is there another one? Oh, ooh. go on. Frank Lampard's disallowed goal against Germany. I have never been so furious. Actually, I'll no, tell a lie. I have been furious since then, and it's mainly against Gavin Ward. Um, but in terms of how old would I have been? Um, nine, nine year olds, 
yeah, I'd have been nine year old. That was the most furious I'd ever been in my life up until that point. Because from the camera, you could see it was in a note was set. I'm getting wound up about it already. It's, <laughs> it's the Germans' fault we've got VAR because it's coming in res- in a long <laughs> response to that goal not counting. So I'm blaming the Germans for our VAR being shocking, even though it's running this country. But you get my point. Yeah. You do realise that if this conversation was on a German podcast, they'd just be we'd be laughing about the justice from 1966, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, f- fair point. But then we've got justice for their justice by beating yeah. them in the Euros. Yeah. yeah, I'm with Ian on this one. Ian says we got hammered anyway. I agree. I think even if that had counted, I still think we lost because we were complete and utter garbage that tournament. Yeah, we were, but it's just the frustration oh, yeah. of it's clearly in and you've not given it. That's why it's my worst moment, because it's wound me up. Yeah. Um, for me, it's... I, I'm torn between the three in the... 1998 lose to Argentina on penalties hurt. Uh, as I mentioned, the David Seaman getting chipped for Ronaldinho. 2006, Ronaldo's Portugal beating us on penalties after him getting Wayne Rooney sent off. Probably one of the that, that hurt a lot as well. Uh, Ronaldo that, needs again, to watch what he says about Wayne Rooney because he'll go after him. Like, I know he's in America, <laughs> but he'll still go after him. He'll sit up with his house with yeah. a baseball bat. He comes <laughs> from Wolf End of Liverpool our way and into it. So he'll go around his house with a shovel. Yeah, <laughs> I will go that penalty shot loss to Portugal. Um, Sven's that team were brilliant, that team was, was brilliant, but just couldn't get out of the line much like us so far. Um, right. <laughs> Go on then, Ian. One last question before we do as winners. Uh, kits, lads. England's home kit is a garbage Thank this you. season. Thank you for bringing this up, Ian. Thank Correct. you. The home kit this is completely utter garbage. Um, do you have a favourite World Cup? Again, this is difficult because I can't remember what a World Cup one was, but do you have a favourite World Cup? 90? 90, yeah. absolutely. Oh, Just no clean, clean and fresh. <laughs> the thing yeah. is, the, the kit, you associate the kit with a player or an incident or a season yeah. or whatever. You know, I can go through my Rotherham United shirts and I can, immediately the way a player's name springs to mind. You know what I mean? Um, I, I saw something on Twitter today and, and, and it's absolutely right. Since Nike took over, uh, the England kits have been garbage, yeah, stupidly are. expensive and crap. Um, they should be made by Umbro. Because of but, the, but, the, but the thing is... The women's Euros kit for last year, also made by Mac, was lovely. That was yeah, such yeah. a nice mm. kit. Even the away kit as well were lovely. Yeah. The men's ones are, are rubbish. They're just typical. Of, I do like the red one, but the home kit is just boring. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to raise a, an interesting point here. <clears throat> I know the women's kit has been speci- uh, specifically designed <clears throat> and manufactured for the Lionesses, but how much better would it look if... England's men's were wearing the same kits, ta- tailored for men and not for women, but wearing the same design of kit at this tournament as well. Showing, I, I think that would be really nice. I don't understand. I was going to say I don't understand why, but called obviously, obviously, because obviously they need to get some more money out of it, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, Have so, you seen how much these yeah. kits are? It's direct, they were £120. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not that this World Cup's got anything to do with money at all. I don't know why you keep bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. um, Paul Bockwright says, Nike purchased Umbro and that's when it all went downhill. Yeah, it is. Ah. Yeah, Umbro exists, but they, like, the, I think Derby's Umbro and a couple of the clubs lower down. Uh, Umbro used to be obviously a classic kit with in England kits for years and years. 
Hang on, Mark, Mark, can I just just have a counterpoint? Well, not a carry-off point from what you've just said. Oh. Does that mean, because Nike own Umbro, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nike manufacture it for the big teams, but but they send Umbro to manufacture it for the Tim Pop teams? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I've nailed it. Well, I was um, going to... I'm going to ask you if that meant Wednesday at theirs done by Umbro, but they can't even they can't even stretch to Umbro. They have to get their, their tuna man to make it under an assumed name, don't they? So anyway, moving on before we that's not upset. Don't make anything else at all. They make no other product. I mean, you are going off a tangent, but there's Elevate, there's the energy drink company they wish you made, which I don't think sold a single energy drink, and they also made a taxi company in Sheffield. Which Did I don't they? think it ever took an order. Yeah, yeah, seriously, a taxi company. I don't think it ever, ever had a customer, but there is. They, he created a taxi company. I can't really recall. I'll find out. It's not in any way dodgy. In any way dodgy. I don't know why you're pointing all these things out. <laughs> oh, oh, I, just, I, just, I just like Puma, me. Puma's my jam. I like Puma. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's German, but I like it. Um, anyway. Uh, Ian Bradley says, I love the Admiral kits. The England ones yeah, are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is what this one's mm. sort of based on, isn't it? That Admiral kit of the 80s. Yeah. Just very, mm. very badly. Um, right, final question I want you all is your winner. Who is going to be the 2022 World Champions? Uh, Danny, let's go with you. Um, I'm going to say Brazil, I think. Mm. I think they've just got the right stuff in every department, other than Neymar being a prima donna, but seems to be standard these days. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Brazil. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Michael? Uh, Argentina. Argentina. Messi's going to take them all the way. You feel weird sort of pos- being positive about Argentina? Yeah, it does. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, it, it feels weird about being positive about any South American team, to be honest, because um, I traditionally don't like the way that they play football, or I don't like the way they play football traditionally, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, they, they they do tend to be um, somewhat, um, somewhat, I can't think of the right word, cheats, usually. Um, so, but 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 that, that has now spread across the world, hasn't it? You know, yeah. Um, so, you know, if when when Harry Kane dives for a penalty to get us through to the final, you know, I found it. yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, no, Argentina. Lionel Messi is the man. He's just gonna he's gonna win the World Cup and then rub it in Ronaldo's face. I do th- I do feel like it's sort of written for him to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not going to pick Argentina, but it is sort of written for Messi to win this tournament. Um, I am going to pick France. Um, if they get if they if they keep fit all the best players fit and they manage to not you know rip each other's heads off, and <laughs> I think France two in a row. Yeah, I mean their record mm. when they won it in '98, they then went out in the group stages in the next tournament, oh. famously to Senegal. Um, so I'm not sure about how that's going to work, but again, you, you, France are either group stages disaster or you know glorious team. So. Good team. Who, Good manager. Who was, the, who was the last country to win it twice in a row? Was it Italy? I think it was Brazil. Now you're going to oh. I think it was Brazil in... Oh, no, it weren't, were it? They won it in 94, but they should but they, they, didn't, they should have won it in 98, but 
but France won it. I, I, I think it's um, Italy 34 38. No, we're asking that. Well, Uruguay 34 38. No, Uruguay were 30 50. So, teams that have won it consecutively, nobody. Oh, that's hosts. Bear with me. This has gone badly. Glad you did your research this. Yeah, hold it. So, Italy did win it twice in 34 38. Right. Uh, Brazil did the double in 58 and then 62. Ah. That is the last double winners. So we're due one then, fair enough. We are due one, yeah, so that, that's what I said, 62, which was Pele's first World Cup, I think. Um, yeah, Sean Green got there, 58-52. Um, did, did Uruguay not win it consecutively then? I thought they did. No, they won it in, nine, they won it in 1930. Um, I thought they did win and, it again. And, and, and 1950? And 1950, apologies. Yes, 1930, 1950, yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, I know my dates, me, mate. <laughs> they are. Uruguay are the only team to not defend the World Cup. They won it in 1930 and refused to travel to Italy in 1934 because it was too far. <laughs> uh, or, as a, or as a protest because it was so far away from that. They won it. They won it the last time, so they, I think they felt they should have hosted it. So they boycotted the World Cup in 1934 and obviously didn't win. I mean, they have got a point. I mean, planes were only just big enough to carry a full team in 1934. So they've got a point. Yeah. But apparently, anyway, they've gone off to me. But FIFA was created by a European <laughs> group of Europeans, but they had it in South America the first time. Is the strange decision. Mm. Anyway, anyway, we've gone master of topic. Russell wants to say big thanks to me and Danny for helping him with his preview uh, on the alternative commentary hub. Uh, Mix laugh because he had a, he had a reason he didn't. Um, <laughs> I'll be out for Russ. If you come follow Russell on Twitter, you'll see it. It'll be, I think that's that Saturday afternoon evening for loads of previews. Uh, from everybody. Uh, if you all want to know, Transiris Fake Taxi Company was called D's Taxes. I really hope his son came up with the name for that because a man <laughs> of his age should not be trying to make those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's it. D's Taxes. Oh, dear. D's Taxes, man. Uh, right. We've gone on so much longer than I thought we would do tonight, so we're going to end it here. Um, <laughs> there are our predictions. We'll save them in three weeks' time, four weeks' time. We will look back at how bad they are. Um, we will be back on Sunday. Sunday evening will be a, a sort of proper preview of the England game on Monday. It's a one o'clock kickoff, one o'clock in the afternoon kickoff. It'll be a preview of that game. And then we'll continue some standard sort of things Sunday night, Thursday evening. It's obviously Monday morning, Friday morning for the, for the, for the, uh, for the episodes, uh, for the audio podcast, sorry. Uh, and then when the Rotherham football starts, we'll talk about proper football again. Um, mm. Keep an eye on anything we may or may not be doing over the next week mm-hmm. or so. We have hopes. We may have some special episode or two, but we have no promises. We'll see. Um, Mick, you said you weren't bothered at the start of this episode. All you've done is gush about the World Cup. Since I haven't gushed at all. I you've think that's all there. In 1990. That's all you've done. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but that were a proper World Cup. This is this is just a this is just a bent one, isn't it? This is just a bought one. So okay. you know, that were a proper one. Proper one. Okay. Danny, thank you very much for being with us and being a positive voice. Thank you. Can yeah, I just no ask, oh sorry, Danny. Can I just ask? At the back end of last episode, we talked about the Legends Night and Shelley, our UFC comments. Uh, in the comments, suggested that she would be interested in two tickets that I've got for sale. Uh, she's not been on tonight. If anybody knows her, who is listening, can you ask her to uh, message me on Twitter 
because I've got somebody else interested. So if anybody is uh, knows who Shelley is, uh, ask her to drop me a message on Twitter, please. There you go. Nice. There you go. Um, yeah. So thank you. Please do subscribe, as always, on the YouTube channel. Um, if you're listening on audio, please on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are listening, please do subscribe. Like I said, we're back on Sunday evening to do a preview. Uh, we're probably doing it as the Qatar game happens, the opening game happens. Um, that's always fun when watching games and recording. So imagine if Qatar score in the second half whilst we're live, we will lose our minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll all make a load of money. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear right we'll see you all next time guys cheers bye, bye. Rebel vicious but brilliant you're with it what's got around the back and Richie Wood is dead again the magic man has come up with another trick well there's a chance to seal it it's done it's Georgie Kelly Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.